Prepare to Self-Care. I'm Jen, lifestyle YouTuber and your host of this podcast, where we dive deep with insightful guests to find out how self-care has played a role in their success. Welcome to our community. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to our community. I'm going to try my best to just keep this intro short because it's actually the night before you're listening to this. I'm back to doing those little late night editing sessions recently. I started editing my YouTube videos a bit again, my vlogs at least, just because I got really inspired again and just they're feeling a little more personal to me. So I've been editing those on my own on top of editing Shelby Church's videos. So I've had some late nights editing and then I had my friend Camilla helping me edit the podcast, but I kind of wanted to save some money this week or sorry, this month. So I took that back on as well. And now I'm starting to remember why I hired people to help me with editing. (laughs) So here I am. It's a little late the night before. Got to get this episode up, but I'm really excited about this episode because if you are someone who just like you're hearing about meditation, you're hearing about breath work and you're either too intimidated to start, don't know where to start or don't understand the purpose behind it or feel like, you know, you're someone who just can't meditate. You can't shut the voices out of your head. This is for you. We're bringing it back to the basics. But before we get into the episode, I'm getting ahead of myself. Let's go into what was in alignment for me this week and out of alignment. And you guys reflect on your weeks as well. So in alignment, as I just said, I'm feeling re-inspired. So I I know I've been speaking a lot about my whole process with this on YouTube, but I think I've been speaking about it a lot on here too. I think for a while, a while I was just saying like, I don't feel inspired. I feel stagnant, imposter syndrome, all of the things. And I think last week was when I said like, you know, I'm really starting to feel reconnected with Kundalini again and meditation. And that was all feeling really good. And I think as a result of that, My in alignment for this week is I'm feeling re-inspired and it feels so good. It has been so long. I can't even tell you. I had that coffee shop date that I was talking about a while ago. I went to a coffee shop and I just gave myself an uninterrupted hour or two to look at new YouTubers, get inspired. I don't know, look at new TikTokers, look up trends, look up wellness trends. What do I want to try? Ask you guys what you wanted to see on the community tab, on Instagram, all of the things. And I literally planned out my next two months from when I'm filming to when I'm editing to when I'm uploading and coordinating with different, you know, like I'm going to try a salt cave therapy. So I'm coordinating with a studio here that does salt cave therapy in New York City and I'm coordinating with them. I'm just like the balls are rolling people and even vlogging is like feeling good again just because I'm in the flow. I was even re-inspired to like edit my own videos again where that felt so dreadful for the longest time. And I do think like I wanted to say consistent, but sometimes, oh my God, there's a bug on my microphone. (gasps) There's this one gnat in my apartment that just will not leave me alone. It's freaking me out. Oh, what I was saying was for the longest time, I just felt like editing was the most dreadful thing because I edit other people's videos and I just have a lot going on and it takes hours to edit. And I just like really dreaded it. So to feel like, oh, I actually want to edit this. It's a really good feeling. It's like the fun is back again. And I feel like I'm being more vulnerable on YouTube than ever, more myself than ever. And just, 
yeah, my friend Sydney said, you seem really in flow when she watched my vlog. And it meant the world because it actually, that's exactly how I feel. So another pain point for me that I've been complaining about for a while is the lighting in my apartment. And I thought that I had to whip out like all this lighting equipment to make a sit down video. And today I was like, you know what, I'm going to try just the ring light and like make it super easy and simple and see if it really, you know, if I really need the whole kit and caboodle. And it was fine. It literally looked the same. So my setup and breakdown took five seconds, which is exactly what I was missing from my last apartment, which now that like intimidating factor again, just like I was saying with editing, now the intimidating factor of filming a sit down video in my apartment has completely gone away. Now the annoying part is just putting makeup on, but it's not the setup or the breakdown or the filming anymore, which is lovely. So, wow, I feel like I've been waiting like six months to feel this way in terms of YouTube. So I'm really happy. I also heard on TikTok the other day, because I'm like trying to TikTok now, that YouTube is dead. But this just shows you and myself how much I truly love YouTube for the nature of the community on there. It's just like unparalleled and how much I can just fully be myself in length and get vulnerable. Knowing that like I literally do not care that anyone says YouTube is dead shows me that I'm not doing it for followers. I'm not doing it for anyone except myself and the community of people that shows up on YouTube. I just love it so much. Like I cannot stop. Nothing is, a, is as rewarding as a YouTube video and the YouTube community and building it because it's never an overnight success. It takes time to build a real community that actually like resonates with your content. And it's not just people quickly finding you on TikTok and clicking follow. It's like it takes a lot to get someone to subscribe. So I know that the people that are subscribed are truly connecting with my content and it feels so good. Okay, now let's get into what was out of alignment this week, which is not as fun, but I got off birth control a few weeks ago and it does not feel good. It's like finally I'm kind of feeling some things like feeling like I'm getting a period. Basically, they say that anything that was, for lack of a better term, wrong with you before you went on the pill, the pill sort of like masks it. So I think I always had low blood sugar. I deal with low blood sugar on the regular. I'm like one of those people that's gets hangry and all of the things and like I've known that but I think the pill definitely helped a lot because I feel like all of a sudden my blood sugar is lower than ever and I think the pill was just masking that so between that and my IBS flare-up I just feel very not in tune with my body I'm not in tune with what feels good on my body workout wise food wise any of it I'm just all sorts of confused And it sucks as someone who's so into self-care and fitness and mindfulness to not know what's working for your body. It sucks. Like it's heartbreaking to me. So long story short, I was grappling with the decision of do I stick with a dietitian like that's really IBS focused or do I go to Parsley Health? So I am going to Parsley Health. Long story short, that's what I decided. And I've been vlogging for YouTube my whole journey. So that'll be uploaded whenever I feel myself again. I'm just like vlogging the entire journey of coming off the pill. And I speak about it in a few episodes coming up too, because we have some experts on the podcast. So stay tuned for that. Subscribe. But basically at Parsley Health, I will get my own primary care doctor who will let me know what tests to get done when it comes to like holistic tests. So like 
hormone tests, allergy tests, things like that, that like a GI is not looking at for me. They're just like, do you have Crohn's? Nope. Are you celiac? Nope. Like those are the tests they're doing. And then they work with a health coach and that health coach is then going to help me, you know, take what my doctor has learned about my body and help me with lifestyle changes, supplements, diet changes. So it'll be really nice to just have like a full team behind me because I've been dealing with this for like six years at this point when it comes to IBS and now it's the birth control of it all. And I just, I need a team and I need blood tests and I need all of the things. So I'm honestly really looking forward to it, but I couldn't get an appointment until like a month from now. They said I'm on a wait list. So if another appointment opens up earlier, cross your fingers, I can get started sooner. But for now, I'll just finish doing all these tests from the GI that I've done 3,000 times. <laughs> so I'm just really hoping that I make some progress over the next six months and I will definitely keep you posted. So let's breathe in what was in alignment for us this week and breathe out what was out of alignment for us this week. <sighs> Okay, the guest of this week is MB Menino. She is a certified meditation teacher, a breathwork facilitator, and holistic wellness coach. After experiencing corporate burnout in her mid-20s, which we'll get into, MB took her healing into her own hands. Her wellness journey led her into the self-help personal development space, where she discovered her calling of helping others discover, cultivate, and thrive on their own potential through self-healing modalities and practices. Using meditation and breath work, she creates and holds space for women to connect to their truth, reclaim their power, shine confidently in their gifts, and live their lives in the most meaningful and authentic ways. I will put in the description, she has like a whole course on how to find the best meditation and breath work practice for you, which is really cool because I thought she is, would be the perfect person to do like a meditation and breath work 101 because she's not just focused on one practice or one modality. It's not like Wim Hof or Kundalini or transcendental meditation. It's just like finding what works for you. So that's what we talk about in this episode. Back to the basics. What the fuck is meditation? What the fuck is breath work? And also like the importance of finding your why behind doing the practice and how to even start the practice. And we ask her questions like how to form the habit of meditation, what she says to people who say, I can't meditate, just all of it. So I'm really excited for you to hear this episode. And if it is helpful or if you have any friends who have been wanting to get into meditation and breath work and just like haven't really known where to start, definitely send them this episode. Take a screenshot, put it on your Instagram stories if this is helpful for you and you want to share it so we can spread the word about meditation and breath work and what it even is and how to even start. And without further ado, let's get into the episode. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, lovely. Thank you so much for having me. It is like my honor to be here. I'm so excited. Oh, of course. I'm so excited to have you. I was just telling you before we started recording officially, I'm so excited because I feel like I have a bunch of wellness experts on or like just like in a specific field or a specific type of meditation, a specific type of ritual. And yeah. I feel like you really focus on just cultivating the practice that's right mm -hmm. for you and your specific yes. journey. Yes. And some people don't even know. It's like, it's hard to really break down what is Kundalini or relate to an episode <laughs> like that when you don't even know what breath work is. So I feel totally. like this is a good back to basics conversation. Yes. yes I love that. And yeah, wherever, you know, whoever's tuning in, wherever you're coming in at, is perfect, right? I, I firmly believe that 
we receive these modalities, we receive these tools of healing when we're meant to receive them. So know that even if you have no idea today what that means for you, you just being here and having the openness and willingness to learn and explore means that you're doing it right. So yeah, I hope that helps. I love that. That's such a beautiful (laughs) way to start this conversation. So Okay, let's start with, before I forget, your top self-care tip that has played a role in your success. Oh, yes. Um, I would say, and there are so many that like are flooding my mind right now, but the biggest thing is not being afraid to ask for support. And this has really come to a major light for me in the last year. I'm a new mom. I have a one-year-old. And I, you know, prior to being a mom, and even if you're not a mom, I was always someone who prided myself on being independent, doing it all myself, not asking for help. And you reach a breaking point. <laughs> and I definitely reached my breaking point in in my own self-care and the ways in which I needed to show up for myself to really give back, of course, to myself, but to also my new baby, right? The people around me. And so learning how to ask for what it is that I need and and not feeling guilt or shame for doing so has been a huge huge part of my self-care. Yeah. I feel like that applies to so many areas and phases of life, like asking support in terms of investing in coaching for your business or, you know, asking for treatment for something that you might feel shameful around. Like there's just, it applies to so many areas of your life. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, And there is no shame in asking for help. Right. And I think that, you know, sometimes, especially as women, there's almost this badge of honor that we wear by running around, you know, being so busy, doing all the things, but at what cost, you know? And for me, it was the cost of my mental health, my emotional health. I reached a point, um, you know, just in the last year where I had some pretty dark days and it was kind of in those dark days. And I realized like, Hey, we don't have to keep doing this. Like, let your guard down, right? Take off the badge of honor and ask for help. People want to help, right? That's that's human nature to to want to connect and help each other out. And so the second that I allowed myself to be supported and to receive that support from whether it was friends and family or professional support, whatever it was, wow, I felt like I was able to really come back into my most authentic self in doing so. I also think that's so important that you are so open about having dark days because as someone who talks about, you know, mindfulness and breath work and wellness and just having like a positive mindful lifestyle, it doesn't mean that you don't also have hard days. It just means that you've developed a healthy toolbox that you can now turn to when you have those dark days. Amen. Amen. Absolutely. And and again, there's also, you know, no shame in having days where you feel off, right? Where we you don't do. feel, yes, where you don't feel like your best self or your most authentic self. And, and those are the days where you get to turn inward and you get to ask yourself, what is it that I need today to be supported and allowing yourself to receive that support unapologetically? Completely. And as you're mentioning intuition, it just, before we get into like the nitty gritty on meditation and breath work. I'm curious how you got here. I know you left your corporate job and Mm -hmm. now, you know, you're in the mindfulness and wellness space. 
Was that something where you had to really listen to your intuition? And was that something where meditation and breath work helped you tune into your intuition? Or did that come later on? Yes, 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 yes. So I found meditation for the first time when I was at a point in my life where I was doing everything that I was supposed to be doing to check the boxes off to be happy and successful. So I had a corporate job. I worked for a really cool um, social media platform doing advertising sales. So I got to travel around the country, meet with different brands and kind of help them understand the ways in which they could promote themselves on this platform. I had a boyfriend who is now my husband. I had wonderful family and friends. And yet I was at a point in my life where I was the unhappiest I've ever been. And so it was at this point where I realized that so much of my life around me was existing to please other people, right? I I had the good job. I had the good relationship. I had the good friends. And yet I still didn't feel fulfilled. And I kept trying to chase finding the answers about myself and this lack of fulfillment in trying to appease other people, doing things that I thought that I should be doing to make other people validate me and tell me that I'm worthy and that I'm, you know, valid of of receiving love and approval and all of that stuff. And I found meditation when I was at truly the lowest point in that point in my life where I was sad, I was depressed, I wasn't happy. And instead of trying to search outside of myself for that fulfillment, I realized that it had to come from within, right? It had to come from within me of getting crystal clear of asking myself what it is that I wanted to be doing, who it is that I wanted to be, what my values were, what was important to me. And it wasn't until I had that conversation with myself that things could start to change. So it took me kind of reaching a really dark and a breaking point in my own health and wellness. And again, in a time in my life where I was supposed to, quotes, be happy, it took this point in my life for me to, to stop and say, well, hang on, what do I want to do? And that made me realize, okay, well, I'm, I was good at my job that I, that I had in corporate but I knew that I had more to offer than what that container was offering me. And the second that I took ownership of that and allowed myself to really receive that fully, my job was eliminated in a company acquisition. So I found myself at this crossroads, right, in my career of, okay, now what do I do? And so I really kind of leaned into that intuition and and I said to myself, If I could do anything, what would that be? I knew that I wanted to help people. I got into health and wellness coaching. That was kind of like a natural step for me because I was on my own journey of healing and getting, you know, back into my own health and wellness and really taking ownership of that. So I loved being able to help people, you know, in that regard in their own lives. But when I realized, at least with the people I was working with at the time, in that capacity was it was for most people, it wasn't about you know, finding the perfect recipe to make or or eating better or things like that. It was what was going on for them beneath their plate, basically. And that was dealing with stress, dealing with anxiety, dealing with all these things that we all, that we all move through. And I thought, I thought to myself, gosh, well, meditation was such a huge part for me and my own journey and understanding, you know, who it is that I wanted to be, what was important to me, all of that. What if I could share meditation with other people? 
So I became certified for, to teach meditation. That eventually led me to breath work. And here we are today. But I firmly believe that every single thing happens in our life in the way that it's supposed to, right? I don't think that had I gotten into the space that I'm in now, you know, 10 years ago, five years ago, it wouldn't be the same because that experience that I had in my corporate setting and and all of these kind of parts of my life that forced me to be with discomfort, right? To be with this contrast that I was feeling internally helped me to get clear on, on what it was that I wanted to be doing. So for anyone who's, you know, in a space where it feels, you feel that contrast, right? You feel kind of that that pull to be doing something different or incorporating something more into your life, but you're not sure what that is, like lean into that, like let that be there and just see what, what comes up and comes through. I resonate with your story more than you will ever begin to understand (laughs) from just how you were describing, like everything was going right from the outside in, you know, you have great friends, great family, you have a great job, like everything's going right, but you are feeling, or at least I was feeling more anxious than I'd ever been more stressed, just so unfulfilled. Like I would sit down to write my to-do list for my job and Mm -hmm. I just wanted to cry, whether it was actually overwhelming (laughs) or just built up in my head. I just wasn't happy, but I felt like, you know, we're told you get out of college, you get a corporate job. Like it was, it's just this cycle of what you're supposed to follow. Right. Mm -hmm. But that's also what led me to discovering Kundalini and meditation and breath work and all these practices that gave me the space to tune in and start asking myself exactly what you said. You asked yourself if I could do anything, money aside, everything aside, judgments from people aside, what would I do? And it gave me, if anything, just the space to really ask myself that because otherwise, if you don't have a mindfulness practice, there's no space or time to even check in with yourself. Not even a little bit. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Even just like the five minute journal, like sitting down and just like answering those questions just allows you to check in and understand, am I happy? What do I want? All of these, you know, larger questions. So I know how important it was in my journey. And I know sometimes it takes not necessarily a rock bottom, but some sort of stressor Mm -hmm. to get you to tap into meditation and breath work. So Let's get into it. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> so I think there's a misconception about meditation where people sure. think you are in this vortex <laughs> and you're not really here and there's zero mm. thoughts and that's not necessarily possible. So people will sit down, you know, do a headspace or something and they're yeah. like, I'm thinking this whole time, like, so yeah. I can't meditate. Yes. So can you tell us from your lens, what is meditation? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So first of all, if if you identify with that of sitting down and having your thoughts be there, congratulations, you're human and you're doing meditation right. So meditation is basically any act that allows us to be in the present moment and in that present moment, connect with ourselves while also connecting to the world around us. Now, I want to be able to also offer maybe some examples to people that maybe might make meditation more accessible or maybe maybe help you realize you might be meditating without even realizing it. So there are many different types of meditation out there, many different types. 
And there are many different activities that we as humans consider to be a meditation practice. So for example, if you are someone who you love nature, you love going for walks outside, you love connecting to maybe you have, you know, some type of nature trail by your house. And when you're on that walk and you're able to find appreciation for life around you, find appreciation for yourself in that moment, that's meditation, right? It's it's allowing you to drop into whatever moment you're in. And regardless of whatever else is going on in your life, you find that presence, you find that connection, you find that deeper appreciation for life around you. Or maybe you're someone who you really resonate with music and maybe that's playing music or just listening to a certain type. That's also a meditative practice. And so I wanted to offer that as well, just to maybe give some people permission to let themselves off of the hook. (laughs) If sitting down and closing your eyes and burning incense and holding crystals and all of these things that we idealize as a meditative practice isn't where you're at right now, that's okay. So maybe just taking a moment right now to just stop and think of what is it in my life that feels like meditation to me or feels like a meditative practice? Is it, you know, going for a walk? Is it creating music? Is it writing? Is it doing yoga? Is it, you know, whatever, like the the possibilities are endless. And something that I always say too, when it comes to your meditation practice is it gets to be up to you, right? Like that's what makes this, this modality so beautiful and so unique is that you get to decide what it is that resonates with you. Maybe one day it does feel good for you to sit down and actually have a formal practice where you are closing your eyes, you are tuning into maybe a guided audio or something like that. But there are other days where maybe it feels more expansive for you to go write, go sing, go play, go do whatever it is that you need to do and connect to yourself and to um, the practice that way. Yeah. It's interesting that you're naming all these creative activities too, like writing, music, painting, whatever it might be, because I actually find as I'm getting more and more consistent with it, Mm -hmm. I'm my most creative when I'm really tuned into my meditative practice. And again, it's not about making sure there's no thoughts at all because that's impossible. But sometimes you get your best ideas when you just get present and take a moment and whatever that meditative practice is, you might finally have the creative space to come up with a new idea. So I love that you mentioned, you know, art can be meditation too. Totally. A hundred percent. And for people who, who maybe are kind of on that path of really starting to explore or begin to incorporate, um, you know, a more formal practice, or maybe it's part of your morning routine where you get up maybe 10 minutes earlier in the morning and you make yourself your coffee and you go and you sit on a comfortable chair, your couch, and you give yourself that space to just close your eyes and just exist and just be for a few moments. That's so, so powerful. And being in that type of space you're giving your body and your mind truly the most perfect set of conditions to actually rest and receive whatever it is that you're too busy or distracted to receive in your everyday life. And so being able to come into a practice where releasing all expectation, right? Every single practice, I'm sure you've experienced this yourself. Every single time you show up to that space, 
it gets to be different. It gets to be brand new. It gets to be an entirely different experience than it was the day before because you're a different person. You know, maybe you're not doing, you know, something majorly different than you did the day before, but chances are you did smaller things throughout your day that contributed now to the person that you are sitting here listening to this. And so allowing yourself one, just this permission to release expectation of what your practice quote unquote should be and allowing it to be what it gets to be for you is an amazing place to start. And giving yourself that permission to know that you being there and having the willingness to be open to what that experience is for you means that you're doing it right. And the the intention of any type of meditation practice, especially a formal practice where we are sitting down, we are closing the eyes, we are you know eliminating our usual distractions, the intention or I would say overall goal is not to have our thoughts be completely distant or have our mind be com- completely clear. Because as you said, that's not possible. But instead, it's allowing ourselves the opportunity to continue to meet ourselves in that moment anytime we find our mind wandering off. So it's more about how can I be present and find this presence within me, this anchoring within me, while my mind (laughs) does whatever it needs to do being in this space. And we have to remember too that we live in a culture and a society where we are constantly bombarded with distractions, right? We have our computers, we have our phone, we have our TV, we have all of these things happening simultaneously that when we come into a space where we're asking our bodies to be still, we're asking our minds to be quiet, we're removing one of our senses, our sense of sight if we're choosing to close our eyes, it's no wonder that our minds are racing, trying to assess whether or not that the situation that we're in is safe. So if that's you, if it feels maybe overwhelming at times to sit down and to be still and not have your phone and have have your usual distractions around you, give yourself grace and keep coming back, right? Keep giving yourself that space to come back into because every single time that we're here, our body is like, okay, cool. I've been here before. I can relax a little bit faster now. Or maybe our mind is like, okay, I don't enjoy that I don't have anything to do (laughs) while I'm here, but I've been here before. We're safe. I love this because it feels less intimidating. Like we don't have to just identify as I'm someone who can't meditate. Nope, not for me. It's like you can show up. And as we were mentioning earlier, you can go for a walk or do any sort of other meditative practice. And you can give yourself permission to grow and evolve because you're right. We're different every single day. And maybe one day you're craving more of a formal sit down or guided meditation. Mm -hmm. And one day you're like, I really want to be present and not consume any content. So maybe I'm going to like cook a stew in silence or something like that. So I love just this permission to let meditation take any form and also evolve within your own meditation practice. So there's like 20,000 questions in my head right now. I'm like, (laughs) where do we go first? So what would you say to those people then that, that do say like, I can't sit still. Nope, not for me. Are there some sort of like more active meditations you recommend? Because for me, that's how I found breath work. I did not enjoy sitting in silence. Like I just, I didn't enjoy it. It didn't feel comfortable, which it shouldn't because it's not our natural state and it is a muscle that you have to exercise. But doing breath work, it just Mm -hmm. made me feel like I was 
killing two birds with one stone. It's like I'm meditating, but it's also like I'm given a task. So I'm not too in my head about like not putting too much pressure on myself because I'm focused on the task. But then also I feel physically so different after a breathwork meditation versus just, you know, a sit still meditation. Yes. So I do think people don't know what breathwork is. They've maybe heard the the buzzword, but never tried it. So let's dive into breathwork. Let's do that because that was my answer. (laughs) That (laughs) was going to be my answer anyway. Yeah. So breathwork, you know, truly is the, the meditation type for people who are claiming that they can't meditate. So if you are someone who's listening and you're like, I can't meditate, let's release that story right now. Because if you can breathe, you can meditate. So for those of you who are new to breath work, it is honestly one of the most beautiful, one of the most powerful modalities of self-healing that I've experienced in my own journey. Um, I am someone who I, I used to identify as someone who lived in her head. I would constantly overthink, overanalyze. I mean, that's that's where I lived in just my head always. And breathwork was the first time that I was able to really be in my body. And so breathwork is the act of bringing intention or consciousness to the way in which that we're breathing in order to shift or change how we feel. So let me break that down for just a second. Our breath is the only system in our body That's both automatic and controlled. So that means me sitting here speaking, you sitting here listening, we don't have to actively think about every single breath that we're taking. Like, can you imagine how exhausting (laughs) that would be truly if we just sit here and think of every single breath? Now, if in the next moment I said to you, okay, on the count of three, we're going to take a nice deep breath in through our nose, one, two, three, and we're going to take a nice exhale out of our mouths. We have the power to override that automatic function. Now, this is so important for us to realize because every single emotional state that we experience in our bodies, our body breathes in a certain way as a response. So when you think of times that you experience states of stress or doubt or worry or anxiety, the way in which your body responds to that state of being is very, very different than the way in which your body responds when you're in states of calm and peace and relaxation and ease. Now, again, that's your body responding automatically, but just like we just talked about, you have the control to manipulate the way in which that you're breathing. So what if you first could decide how it is that you wanted to feel and then use your breath to bring you into that state of being, right? So if I'm sitting here, maybe I'm getting ready to do a presentation or, you know, something that might cause me to feel some feelings of anxiety or nervousness, I can recognize that. I can notice in this moment how I'm breathing. Chances are I'm breathing from my shoulders up or very, very shallow in my chest. Maybe my heart rate is super fast and I can choose in this moment, okay, I'm going to take five deep breaths. I'm going to slow my breath down and I'm going to take five deep breaths. I'm going to inhale through my nose, exhale out of my mouth. And I can 
change the physiology of my body, right? I can change moving from being in that state of fight or flight and move into rest and digest. And that is so freaking powerful, right? It's so, so powerful. And so for anyone who, again, like we just talked about, struggles with sitting still, with maybe feeling overwhelmed by coming into a state of stillness and a meditation practice, your breathwork practice or or just giving yourself a few moments to actually consciously connect into manipulating your breath is a beautiful place for you to start because it gives your body, right, something to feel physically and it also gives your mind something to focus on. So I I really I really enjoy sharing like an equal breath with people who might feel overwhelmed by meditation. So picking a number, maybe it's 4, you inhale for 4, exhale for 4. Maybe you're exploring what it feels like to do some breath holds, maybe you inhale for 4, hold for 4, exhale. So there's just so many different things that you can do. Um but that's an excellent place to at least start exploring. Yeah. I love how you said manipulating your breath and you said it perfectly in terms of thinking about sort of who you want to be or how you want to feel and then using your breath to achieve that. For me, I started doing Kundalini. I just loved it because it felt more active. It was like efficient. Like I'm manifesting, I'm meditating, I'm doing breath work, I'm doing movement, like I'm getting (laughs) it all in. So I like loved it because my mind was so I wasn't overthinking because I was so focused on the task, but then, you know, physiologically I felt and still feel when I do it amazing. So I started that. Then I had an episode where I fainted at a nail salon just from like vasovagal response. I don't even know. And for a few months, every time I went back to a nail salon, I, for the first time experienced a true panic attack where I would get so anxious and think about what if I faint again. And to the point where I actually thought I was going to pass out, Mm -hmm. but because I had the tools of breath work, I would sit there and do my breath work and I would do box breathing. As you just said, like I would breathe in for five, hold for five, release for five, which is why I love it because I didn't have to search to like look up some sort of breath work meditation. It's like, it's so simple, just like five, five, five. And I brought my body back to stillness and calmness. And it's so crazy how I think breath work is the most life-changing thing once you understand it, because it is so true. If you want to be in a different state, you just have to use your breath to get there and it really works like it's science. So I would love for you to just dive into a little bit like comparing, you know, let's say like a breath of fire in the morning or like a slow nostril breathing at night, like how, what happens in your body when you're using your breath? Totally. So much happens in your body. And there are a million and one different like breathwork exercises and it all comes down to your intention, right? So what's the intention? What is it that you're actually looking for and seeking, right? Because that's that's half the battle. Like it's, it's going to be the same thing if you plop down and you intend to do a breathwork session, but you're not, you have no intention behind it. You're just going to be <laughs> changing your, your breathing pattern. That's about it. So I think one of the most powerful ways to really bring breathwork and the power of the practice into 
changing you down to the cells of your body is to get clear on why it is that I'm doing this, right? What is my intention? Is it something where in the morning, like you just said, doing breath of fire, a really powerful, activating, you know, breath work pattern where we bring in energy into the body, where we, we, we breathe in a way that actually causes us to feel a shift in our energetic state. I would argue almost as powerfully as having, you know, your morning cup of coffee, maybe even more than that, because it offers you this clarity. It offers you just so much more beyond, you know, regular stimulation in that way. But same thing at night, you know, setting yourself up to enter into a state of rest and relaxation as you're going to sleep. So really tuning into the intention behind what it is that you're doing and then allowing yourself to let your breath guide you. Like our bodies, you guys are so, so smart. They're so smart and they know exactly what we're doing when we engage in breath work. And so much of the work that is out there, I think in like self-help and personal development, which I am not knocking by the way, I love all of this so much. So much of it is based on mindset, right? So if we if we focus only on the mind and getting our mind right, then the rest falls into place. And I agree with that to a certain extent because, of course, I'm a meditation teacher, right? So I, I totally understand and appreciate and respect all of that. But what breathwork does is it allows us to bring the body into that work as well. And so being able to have kind of that mind-body connection when you engage with any type of breath is where we see that shift happen physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, all the things. Yeah. It's so true when you mention having an intention because it made me realize I actually, my first experience with breath work was not Kundalini. I tried Wim Hof before that uh-huh. because I was looking for a natural healing modality for my IBS. And I was like, I have heard, you know, breath work really helps just with digestion and inflammation and Wim Hof, you know, really helps with inflammation. So that's when I first, first discovered it and doing it consistently really did help my stomach. So it's just crazy. If you have any intention using your breath, even just Googling like breath work for (laughs) like PCOS or whatever you're struggling with there is a way to get your body into a different state. It's 100%. it's so wildly cool. And what I always think of when I do these episodes is like when I get really inspired and excited from another episode I listen to, I'm always like, okay, but where can I start? Like this all sounds great, <laughs> but like yeah. how do I start? So how would you suggest, I guess, w- whether it's meditation and or breath work, if someone's like, okay, I'm ready to give this a go, where do you usually tell people to start when they're completely fresh and new? Totally. So I always, always guide people to first getting crystal clear on why you're doing this. Why is this important to you? Why is this coming up for you right now? And the reason that we start with your your intention, right? Your, your why of engaging with this work. And just as I said in the beginning of this episode, I truly believe that this type of work crosses your path when you're ready to receive it. So allowing yourself to first and foremost, be open and honest with yourself. Like what is going on with you? Like what's going on in your life? What's going on just with you, maybe energetically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, that you are finding yourself gravitating towards these modalities because being able to recognize and have that openness or that understanding of where you are 
makes these modalities that much more powerful and meaningful to you. Because the last thing we want to do is, you know, hear about meditation or hear about breath work, or maybe someone that we follow on social media, you know, shares it or talks about it. And we think that we have to be incorporating this into our lives as well, which I definitely recommend doing, but it should be from a place of understanding why it's important and meaningful for you, because you'll find that as you're in these practices, it's you with you, right? Yes, of course, you can be listening to, you know, someone guiding you or facilitating for you. But these two practices or these two modalities are two of the most powerful ways to come in contact with yourself. And so allowing yourself first and foremost, just the space to understand like why, you know, why it is and and be curious, right? Having an open mind, open heart. I'm just understanding like why this is crossing your path now. Secondly is starting out small. Okay. So the last thing we want to do is get super pumped about meditation and breath work and then say, okay, I have to go sit down for a 30 minute session. We're going to set ourselves up for, I don't want to say failure, but maybe some disappointment because that's a long time (laughs) to be sitting. Um, And so just starting with wherever you're at, right? It can be small. It can be a minute. It can be 30 seconds. Maybe it's you just sitting down and just seeing what it feels like to give yourself a couple minutes to not have your phone. Maybe it's you sitting down and just taking inventory of finding your natural breath, right? So finding in this moment, where where am I breathing from in my body? Is it from my nose? Is it from my mouth? Is it from both? And just beginning to start to open up your awareness of where this practice is leading you, right? And just giving yourself kind of that that space and permission to understand like where you're coming in at and where it gets to be today, knowing that maybe tomorrow you do a minute and 30 seconds. But giving yourself the space and the grace to start slow and to start small. I would also recommend, especially in meditation, if you are looking to go that route, do something guided. You know, just see, what do I like? What do I like to listen to? Do I like a formal, you know, sit down for five minutes having somebody lead me? Or is it something that maybe I just want to kind of explore on my own and just see what it's like to to be with myself, to be with my thoughts, to be with me just existing without any expectation? I hope that that makes sense. It does completely. And I think that that why portion of it that you were talking about also helps with consistency. It helps you to keep showing up because you're like, I know why I'm showing up. And then you start craving it as you see it start to help with that why. And that was one of the questions we got when I said on my Instagram that you were coming on the podcast and do you have any questions? A main question that we got was how do you form a habit out of meditation? Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's the answer. It's understanding your specific individual why for showing up. And I know for me that evolves over time. I lose touch with the practice. And then when I have a new why, I feel called to it again. Totally, totally. And I was actually just talking about this with a friend yesterday. She was, you know, mentioning to me that she's finding a lot of resistance to her practice, a lot of resistance to carving out that intentional time for herself. And she is someone, and I'm sure people can relate to this, where when we feel like we need to be there, that's when we show up. Mm -hmm. And so 
what I would also add to what you just shared is it gets to be your space to show up for yourself as yourself with zero expectation, right? And so even on the days where I'm feeling good, I'm feeling aligned, I'm feeling like, oh, I'm in this flow, like life is good. It's more tempting for me to be like, I don't need meditation today. Mm-hmm. Like I'm good. But it, but it's it's like you just said about the consistency, about continuing to show up for yourself in that space because who knows? Maybe I would have a download of something that's been trying to come through, you know, because I'm giving myself that time and space to be there. So even on the days where, you know, your mind is like, oh, we can spend that 10 minutes doing something quote unquote more productive you being in that space is just as productive as you actually, you know, doing something. Be, giving yourself the space to be is just as important as giving yourself the space to do. That's actually really inspiring to me because, I mean, I have I think we've all felt that, like some resistance at certain points totally. or when you're feeling really good, you're just like, oh, I don't feel like sitting still. Like I'm feeling good. I want to go do something. Yeah. But I, it actually reminds me of in therapy, when you're having a good week, you maybe don't feel like going to therapy because you're like, I don't really have anything to talk about. Like this (laughs) kind of feels like a waste of time. Yes. And then those for me, and I've had many people agree with me, are the sessions where I really either, I just uncover something or it's just like always a really good session because I'm not fixated on something that just happened in my life. It's like I'm digging a little deeper or something that I've been suppressing comes through. So when you said that, it reminded me like that could happen in meditation too. I could just giving myself that space when I'm in a good feeling space and good feeling energy already. And then stepping into the practice, like I could have the best idea ever that changes my life. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And think of, think of what, think of what you get to emit right? From being in that space and just allowing yourself to just like relish and be and, oh, it's so good. It feels so good to be here. Like think of what you are putting out (laughs) from being in that space. Like think of like the concentration of that frequency of that energy that you're putting out from being in that space. And I, I also like associate too with, you know, like if you're sick and you're on a prescription and you start feeling better and you stop taking the prescription, like you need to continue to give your body that medicine even after you're starting to feel better. You know what I mean? So that's the same thing with our meditation practice as well. Continuing to give your body that medicine to continue to heal and grow and evolve in ways that it can't otherwise not being in that space. Yeah, it makes me, I'm I'm wondering like, kind of a big question. I'm just curious what your response would be. Do you think meditation and breath work is for everyone? I think that if you are drawn to the practice, yes. I think that if you are someone who, because you, you know, like if you know, you know, like you know, if you are drawn to this type of work for whatever reason you, and maybe you don't, maybe you don't know the reason that you're being called to, to find meditation right now or breath work right now. But if there is a desire to explore the practice, to have that connection with yourself, with a higher power, whatever that means to you, then yes. 
But I, I never think that we should be doing something for the sake of doing something, you know, just because it's popular or just because, you know, we see someone, like I said before, on social media doing it, you know, that's that's not a reason to do anything, <laughs> in, in my opinion. Do I think that it benefits everyone or that some that people can experience benefit from it? 100%. But... Anything don't, in life, don't force it. Totally. Anything in life only has meaning to it if we assign meaning to it. So my meditation practice is very meaningful to me because it's a practice that I know works for me and that I see benefit from. I don't know that like my husband who, you know, has his own interests and his own way of relieving stress and, and doing all of that would say the same thing about his practice and, and that's okay. He doesn't have right. to. Yeah. Yeah. I like that answer a lot. So <laughs> before we go into the ending segment, I yeah. want to ask you, you, I mean, you have a course on helping people cultivate their own meditation practice and this is like your bread and butter. So I'm sure you get a bunch of DMs or just messages from clients on how having a practice has changed their life. What are some consistent things that you've heard from people of how it's improving their life? Like how has having the practice changed their life? For sure. I think the two biggest things that come to mind are first and foremost, understanding the subtle shift of what it means to respond to your life versus just reacting to it. So meditation is a beautiful practice. I mean, it offers so many benefits, but one of the most kind of highly reported benefits that I've heard from other people is it gives you this buffer to understand that no matter what's going on in life around you, that yes, of course, we can't control the outside world. We can't control other people. As hard as we try, it gives us this space to understand that we are in control of so much, meaning you are in control of the thoughts that you think. You're in control of that internal dialogue, that internal narrative of the way in which that you speak to yourself. You are in control of the way in which you speak to other people. And kind of a, a cultivation or culmination of all of that is having an awareness of those things makes you better able to respond to what's happening around you versus just a knee-jerk, you know, reaction that might be based in trauma or based in past experience or something that's triggering you. So being able to actually thoughtfully, consciously respond to what's going on in life um, versus just reacting. So that's number one. Number two would be the ways in which we interact with and manage stress. So stress is part of life, right? It's something that we all experience, that we all go through on different levels, on different days. And having a meditation practice, getting to know yourself, understanding the ways in which stressful situations trigger you, for lack of a better word, being able to be in stressful situations while also simultaneously having the tools and resources to calm yourself back down not only better equips you to handle stress in the future, 
but it also better equips you to be able to access your entire kind of emotional intelligence or kind of your your range of emotional intelligence so that you're able to respond to that stressful situation in the moment versus just reacting to it and then, you know, burying it down inside of you. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Okay. And I've, I've heard from a ton of people that being less reactive is like one of the number one things they take from meditation. So that makes a lot of sense to me. For me, I really try to use it as a way to get more in tune with my intuition and tap into that and like my authentic self. But that why part of it hasn't come in until like two years into my practice. So yeah. I think at first it was just like managing stress, escaping from the world kind of thing. Like this is my me time to just calm down. And it's evolved since then for sure. Beautiful. Okay. Ending segment, fun facts and favorites. What's your morning routine? So my morning routine has changed greatly since having a little baby. Um, But my morning routine now is getting up with my little guy, having him run around and play. I wish you could see me while this happens because I will kind of, I'll get my cup of coffee and I will sit there with my ice roller (laughs) on my face. He gets up early, like 4.35 o'clock. So I'm like ice rolling. I'm doing whatever I need to do to help myself wake up in that experience. But it's also just a really beautiful gift to be able to have that kind of quiet one-on-one time with him and to be able to, you know, find presence in what he's doing and what he finds fascinating. And that helps me, of course, find presence Mm -hmm. in just enjoying this season and this chapter that I'm in in my life right now. Um, And then once he goes back down for his morning nap, like that's my time to really kind of pour into myself. I'm someone who really enjoys finding daily movement. And so that's something that I do first thing because I know that as the day goes on, I'm less and less and less likely to make that a priority. I'm definitely a morning person. So finding movement first thing, that could be yoga, that could be a hit class, that could be Pilates, whatever it is that I'm feeling that I need that day. Um, I do that first, kind of get that that cortisol um, up and through my system. And then that's when I come into my meditation, my journaling, kind of all of that. And my meditation practice varies every single day. Um, I do make the intention to have a formal sit down traditional meditation practice, but some days it's two minutes, some days it's 20. It just depends on life in that moment. And, And I've come to go with the flow with that. Um, And I think that's also important to share because we might get this idea in our mind that our meditation practice or any type of ritual or routine that we do has to look and feel a certain way every single day. And if it doesn't, then, you know, the whole day is off. But your, your rituals, your practices, your things that are important to you should be able to ebb and flow and shift with whatever it is that you've got going on in that moment. And so, I know that that time that I give to myself, whatever, you know, length of time it is, being able to pour back into myself in those few moments sets me up to be a better mom, a better wife, a better friend, sister, daughter throughout the rest of my day than if I neglect that space. And I'm also someone who I really enjoy writing and free writing. That's a huge creative outlet for me. So sometimes in the morning, if I'm noticing that I'm waking up with maybe a little bit of anxiety or feelings of anxiety, I'll just like free write 
just kind of let whatever is there be expressed, be heard. And I noticed that that kind of diffuses a lot of that anxious or nervous energy that I might wake up with, um, being able to just see it on paper, seeing it for what it is and being able to move on from it. So morning time with my son, ice rolling is my like jam. (laughs) This is something I look forward to every single day and finding movement, meditation, and writing. That's my morning routine as of today. (laughs) (laughs) I know it's always changing, right? I think it's important to see what you're intuitively guided to as well. I'm the same way with my workouts also. Yeah. Okay. Are you more of a book reader or a podcast listener or both? Mm -hmm. I would say, I'd say both, especially in the last couple of years. Um, I'm someone who I really like to read at night. I really enjoy doing something like good for my subconscious right before I fall asleep. So I'll read, you know, Joe Dispenza or have something like that on my nightstand. So I'm always reading something that's going to, you know, put good things into my subconscious as I'm going to sleep. I do like to read. But I'm also someone who, as I'm around the house, you know, with my son, or maybe I'm doing something mundane, like folding laundry, I'll throw a podcast on. I've really, becoming a mom, I've really been like able to understand what it means to like make the most of your time. And not that I'm cramming like a million things into into my my schedule or into my day that doesn't feel good. Instead, I'm, I'm understanding like there are things that I can be doing that kind of compounding different things together during the day that, you know, have to get done, but also I can still put value into myself as well. So both. (laughs) Yeah. I love that. And I also, I want to start reading Dr. Joe Dispenza too. So I think that's going to be next for me. What's your favorite podcast then? I am really into the skinny confidential right now. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I just think that the just wide variety of different people that she has on is just it's it's fascinating and I just love learning from you know all different walks of life all different perspectives and yeah I just I really really enjoy um her podcast I agree knowing that they're not filtering anyone and they're just having people from all walks of life I'm like this is what we need (laughs) okay when do you feel your happiest I feel my happiest when I am able to express myself most authentically and when I'm speaking up for what it is that I want and need. Even in the times where maybe I'm having a really challenging conversation, any time that I'm able to allow whatever it is that I need to be expressed, to be recognized, to be acknowledged. In the moment, it can feel hard, but that weight that's lifted afterwards is crucial because I know that if I don't speak up or if I don't ask for what it is that I need or voice you know, something that's important to me, I'm going to hold on to that. And that's going to bleed into every aspect of my life. And so on the other side of expressing or being able to to speak up in that way and being able to drop back into the moment and actually be present and conscious with whatever I have going on um, feels good. That clarity feels good. And being able to be my most authentic and expressed self 
with the people who, who love me and support me. Yeah. I used to be a big people pleaser and I'm learning how to set my healthy boundaries in a way that's not anxiety inducing for me, but is actually really healthy. Like as long as it's not confrontational, we can set boundaries and ask for what we want in a totally healthy way that's not going to offend anyone. And I'm, I'm, I'm on that path as well. <laughs> totally. And on that note, if I can just offer this to you, yeah. you know, you setting a boundary and if it offends someone, it's not your responsibility to figure out why that offends them. So it's hard. Theirs. It's it so is. hard. <laughs> it is. It is. Absolutely. That's a whole nother episode though. Totally. <laughs> I'll come back. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do a boundaries episode. <laughs> Love that. Okay. Lastly, what would be your last meal on earth? Oh my gosh. This is a hard one. I'm like a, I'm not like a sweets person. I'm a very much like savory and like what comes to mind right now, cause I'm really hungry and it's lunchtime. <laughs> is a good, like legit vegan mac and cheese. Mm-hmm. Like that to me <laughs> sounds delightful. A little, you know, kind of bubbly crust on top. Yeah. Maybe some like shell pasta, like good quality vegan cheese. Shoot, Comfort I'm going to have food. to make this for like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I tend to get people hungry at the end of this episode. <laughs> Okay, where can the people find you, work with you, consume your content, all of the things? Yeah, so my website is just mbmanino.com, and you can find me over on Instagram at mb.manino. Thank you so much. This was incredible. I really, like, I truly loved this episode so much, so thank you. Thank you for having me. I appreciate you and all the beautiful work that you are doing in this world. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed that episode. I would so appreciate it if you could take a moment to rate, review, and definitely subscribe so that you don't miss another insightful episode. You can also engage with the community on the Dare to Self Care podcast Instagram. So definitely join us all there and I will see you guys next week. Bye.